All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can you see it? Did you know Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to just bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air. Let's go. 
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, what have you. They have got you covered for all of your trading card needs, giveaways, case breaks on Twitch, lots of good stuff going on at Zephyr Epic, so be sure to check them out. You can also check them out at their retail location in beautiful Surrey, British Columbia. Check them out, ZephyrEpic.com. The best part about Zephyr Epic is that they ship free anywhere in Canada on any online order over $50 from... From Pitt Meadows to Pincher Creek, Alberta. Tell me about Pincher Creek. Well, I feel like I've done Pincher Creek before. Have you? I don't know. I went and looked back in my list and I didn't see it in there, but I feel like I've done uh, Pincher Creek before. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a Pit Meadows story real quick. All right. Okay. We don't often talk about the BC cities. No, we don't. Okay. Unless it's one no one's heard of or we've never heard of or I've never heard of. Pit Meadows. There used to be a driving range and a batting cage in the same facility in Pit Meadows. Man. On a weekend, that was what that was, my friend and I, we used to do that. We used to drive out to Pit Meadows, go hit some bombs in the batting cage, and then switch to the uh, switch to the driving range. It was, it was fun, man. And you know what? I'll tell you what. Some of these batting cages, it's like balls rising on you because it's coming from a downward angle. It's like, I don't know. It's just unbelievable, some of these places. I'll give you a Pit Meadows story, too. Kay. So this would have been, geez, 2004, maybe. 2004, 2005, 2003, somewhere in that area, there was a um, a teacher strike yeah, for, okay. for like a long time. Like it was like weeks and weeks and weeks. We didn't go to school. This is like, I was probably in like grade, grade six, I guess, maybe five or something like that. So yeah, 2002, 2004, y'all remember this. It was a big teacher strike. It was a big deal. It was a long time. I feel like it went on for months. It might've only been two weeks. I was young. I can't remember. But anyways, what I did during that was I went and stayed with one of my friends in Pitt, Pitt Meadows, who I knew from like Nanaimo, but he moved to Pitt Meadows, and he was super rich. He was like one of the richest friends that I had. Like, and we stayed at his place for like three weeks, and all we did was go bowling all the time and just like play road hockey, and it was a blast. And I like my mom was like, "Yeah, you can stay there like as long as you want till the strike's over or whatever." And you know they were super rich, and their parents were off working all the time and stuff like that. So we literally just like stayed in this near mansion for like three weeks just like 11 year old kids screwing around because we had nothing to do because there was a teacher strike that rocks and it was an absolute blast we bowled every single day ate like incredible food because yeah sorry he didn't have a bowling alley in his house no right? but okay. there was one like right across the from his place there it was like we just had to cross the highway and we we're at a bowling alley in the guest house and we bowled a lot and then i remember like we had some really good bowling. We were starting to get pretty good because we were playing every single day. And then, uh, yeah, just after that, it dropped off. I, uh, yeah, haven't, I'm not a good bowler. I should be a better. Anyways, all right. You need another teacher strike and you can get back into it. Well, that's why I say we need a hockey strike. Or, no, I shouldn't even say that. We do yeah, not. Please, want that. please do um, not say that. <laughs> uh, all right. From Pitt Meadows to Pincher Creek. Pincher Creek. 3,500 people live there, give or take. I don't know. I haven't counted lately. Um, there, it's immediately east of the Rockies. In southwest Alberta. So, you know, Alberta, it's not shaped like uh, Saskatchewan. It's not all straight. Alberta's got the weird little wonky uh, part missing from the bottom there. So that's where it is. It's in that little wonky spot on the bottom left. Very close to Castle Mountain Ski Resort. Okay. Okay. Cool sounding ski resort in my eyes. I always like uh, cool sounding ski resorts. I can't ski or snowboard or any of that, but uh, I, I respect the names. And home... 
of Rodeo Man, Dustin Flundra. I've never heard of him. Professional rodeo. Uh, what do you call them? A rodeo guy? Rodeo uh, person? Rodeoer? Cowboy. Cowboy? I guess so, yeah. Are they called cowboys? Rodeo cowboy? Cowgirls. Yeah. Dustin Flundra. Rodeo cowboy. Well known from Pincher Creek. Huh. Well, that's that's great. Named after <laughs> some sort of thing that uh, apparently a pincer is something you use on a horse to, uh, to I don't know, clean up its... its Bottom of its feet or something? Is that's what a horse's foot is, right? It's a toenail, isn't that what it is? You, dude, you're asking the wrong. Guy. Well, I think that's what it is. I I seen people they cut it, and apparently the bottom of horses' feet, you know, it's got that hard thing. They put horseshoes on it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, that's like similar to uh, to like toenail type of thing. It's like a big old thick toenail on a horse. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> But I just tried to, anyways. Yeah, you went for it anyway. All right. So, so that's what it. But that's the thing. Those are called pincers that they use to get it off, work the horse's foot or whatever. Okay. So I'm confused why it's called Pincher Creek. I don't get the, the I, transition. It hasn't here. become any more clear for me. Somebody either, but... added an H in there at some point. So okay. Pincher Creek, Alberta. Okay. Get your Zephyr Epic yeah. cards. <laughs> I forgot this is Zephyr Epic read. So check out ZephyrEpic.com, promo code hockey season. We're also delivered by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code ConvoDD. Capital C, capital D's, all one word, Convo DD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Doesn't get much better than that, folks. My name's Dave Grigelli, joined as always by the man who built the place. And, folks, Quinn Hughes is moving to the right side. All right, here we go. <laughs> Starting with a bang because yeah. Rick Dollywall was talking with uh, President of Hockey Operations Jim Rutherford, and Rutherford was talking about the Canucks' lack of movement on the right side. And, Chris, just asking around about this, and I think it's just obvious to everybody is the overall sentiment was that it was one hard to do business in general this season it was hard to find trade partners because everybody's capped out and cap space is king we understand that but there was also not much on the free agent market right like who was the best right-handed defenseman that signed it was a john klingberg for one year at seven million in anaheim yep and after that there's really not much like this is a world where this is a market i should say not a world this is a market where currently erica branson was able to get a four by four Right. So, um, again, this isn't to absolve the Canucks of, you know, they weren't able to add to the right side and improve their defense, which is something they stated they want to do. Uh, This is not to absolve them, but it was hard to do business this year. And basically, Rutherford said uh, when he was asked about the lack of signings and the lack of additions to the right side of the blue line, uh, he basically said, like, well, the left side, we have some guys that can move. We already know Travis Dermott can play the right side. Uh, I've known for longer than you that OEL can play the right side. Yeah, I don't know about that. Throwing that out. But he, but he said OEL can play the right side. And Quinn Hughes has told us that he can try the right side. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think Quinn Hughes played the right side with Jack Rathbone at like development camp. He did. Right? Long, yep. long, long time ago. Shout out Corey Hergott for pulling that up. That's right. Um, I think, uh, I mean, it's an option, right? Like, I... I I, I had this question asked to me just like yesterday, actually. It was like, what is the, if the Canucks were to hit a home run on their defense core, what would the pairings be? Say you were able to just get the best out of every single defenseman. Like to me, it would be OEL and Quinn Hughes playing on a first pairing. If you were to get, like I'm saying, best case scenario, you get the absolute best from these players. To me, it would be an OEL Quinn Hughes pairing with OEL transitioning to be more of a defensive player uh, and letting Quinn Hughes kind of work the puck even more. He then has that reliable player in OEL who you can trust, hopefully defensively, but also at the same time, he can move the puck too, right? And I think that's so huge uh, for a partner for Quinn Hughes is just having the ability to be a guy who can be a secondary puck mover. So that that in my eyes is like if if things really play out in the best 
you know, case scenario, like I said, it would be probably playing OEL with Quinn Hughes as your top pairing. It's just, I don't know which one is going to be the right shot or the right side guy. And I mean, Quinn's brother plays with the right side. He's a left shot guy. Like it's, it's probably nothing like that foreign to him to actually think. About. I don't think it's like, I do think it's a pretty big deal if you have a really good right shot defenseman, but I, man, I don't know the way the game moves and the way the game is now. It's like, I don't know if being a right shot defense or, you know, playing on the right side, it doesn't, need to be a right shot guy like there there is opportunities absolutely for left shot guys to just play on the other side it's not like it completely ruins your game it's not like you're asking them to play goalie like you're, you're asking them to to move over what 15 feet yep and defend a little bit differently as the guy's coming down on you in that wing like it's not completely different to me in my eyes and I think players like OEL players like Quinn Hughes they're smart enough that they could probably pull this off if it's to happen it's just yeah interesting to hear it actually out of the mouth of Jim Rutherford. Well, out of the tweet of Rick Dollywell yeah, yeah. from Jim Rutherford. Yeah, shout out Dollywell, of course. But this is one thing that I was thinking about when I thought of this, Chris, is because obviously this is a high-risk, high-reward play, and the risk isn't even that high, so we shouldn't even call it high-risk. There's just a massive payoff. Uh, the only risk that this carries is throwing your best defenseman into a foreign environment where he is... It's probably still your best defenseman with how big of a gap there is between Hughes and the Canucks' next best defenseman. We won't even get into who that is. But uh, the gap between Hughes and the guy whoever is second is large on right. this team. Is right? It, so, is it better, though, to have Hughes on the right side or OEL? Because it was mentioned for both. So it does. I know that you want to talk about o, like Hughes playing the right side, but maybe it's OEL who plays the right I side. I think it's OEL, and, and I'll explain to you why. Because I was thinking about this in practice, and the one thing I want to do is it's very you know, applying this to a game and what we know about Hughes' game and what we know about the way the Canucks like to play. Now, one thing Hughes is very good at is breaking out of his own zone and carrying the puck up the ice, right? When he's doing that, he's almost always shielding the puck away on his forehand, which obviously, if he's on the left, is on the boards, right? Like, he's got the boards there and he's able to kind of shield the puck away. If he's playing on the right side, I'm not worried about it, but I'm also like... Hmm. Okay. How does that change things? Does Hughes cross sides when he carries the puck up the ice? Like, I have no doubt he could do it well. He's a fantastic skater. But my my big point here is that with the way we know Hughes plays, he really likes to shield the puck, right? And he uses all of his frame to shield the puck away. And that's a lot harder to do when you're on your backhand and you've got one arm on a guy, right? He's kind of able to lean his entire body and keep the puck away if he's on the, on his, on his forehand and he's carrying it up the left side of the ice. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm overthinking this and I'm galaxy braining it, but I am just thinking practically and the way Hughes plays. And, and I'm trying to say like when I saw this quote and Hughes to the right side, because obviously this would be massive for the team. And we'll get into it in a second of uh, what the trickle down effect of that would be. But Hughes on the right side, I, I keep thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, just with the way I know he likes to move the puck, you probably don't want him as the guy on the right side. If he can do it, it's fantastic. I'm just thinking, okay, I know how Quinn Hughes plays. I've seen every game this guy's ever played. And, and that was the one thing I thought of immediately. Like the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Hughes wheeling the puck out of the zone is using his body to lean against a, a four checker, right? Um, and I kind of thought of that, and I'm like, how would he apply that on the right side? And I know it's possible. Like, I, yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible and he's um, going to be in trouble, but I am saying the only risk is that, yes, it's a foreign environment and you're taking your best defenseman out of an environment where, by all means, he succeeded, uh, you know, exceptionally yeah. well. And now he's going to be uh, in, a, in an environment where he's really not as familiar. So you, you talk about the breakouts there. I look at 
the more what did you say foreign environment yeah yeah sure that's good what do we say the other day for man advantage oh, numerical uh superiority oh, numerical superiority that's another good one but uh yeah i, I don't look at it as the breakout as much because i don't think that's going to be the problem i think to me like looking at a left shot guy who's been a left shot guy his whole nhl career moving to the right side to me it's more about like defending the rush against you yeah that because too yeah I, I think about like how many practices how many pregame skates? How many warm-ups? How much time on the ice has Quinn Hughes spent defending on the left side, right? And it's not like it's going to be, like you said, it's not, you know, I don't have doubts that he'll be able to learn how to defend a guy coming down the right side. It's just, it's very different, right? Like, it is very different when you think that now you have to use your backhand side a little bit more. You're also just kind of, like, skating in a different way as you're kind of back going back uh, as a right-shot guy or a right-side guy compared to a left-side guy, and... I, I, I do think that this is something that I would like to see. Like I, it's just it feels safe with Shen and Hughes. Like it's it's very safe, right? Like that pairing is, is super safe to me. You're, you're getting a Luke Shen who's out there who can do what he does best, right? Like just be there, be physical, push guys around the net, have an active stick, stick up for Hughes if anything ever happens. But like. There is more to look at that pairing if it is OEL because, like, I do think that OEL can do a lot of things with the puck specifically that Luke Shen can't do. And you know what? Give him credit. OEL's got some bite to his game. Like, sure. OEL OEL doesn't back down from scrums, right? Sure. He won't drop the gloves. He's, he's not going to throw as many hits. He's not well, going to... stood up for Pod Coles in that it, one Absolutely, time, right? absolutely. But what I'm saying, it's not going to be to the same degree as Shen yeah. where... You know, someone uh, breathes on Quinn Hughes a little too you, man, much also, and the gloves just, are off. I just got to get this out there. From the skates, when you're looking at these guys, Luke Shen looks like a different type of, like, it doesn't even look like a human compared to the rest of these, like, skinny hockey players. Yeah. Like, Luke Shen, he's looking thick. I'll say that. And you know what? Like, Luke Shen, give him credit. Coming into last year, in the preseason, we were like, oh, my gosh, they just, they just signed this guy for two years. Like, the preseason games where Luke Shen's, Bobbling the puck, getting turned around on the rush, and you're I just like him and Rathbone had a horrible game yeah, together yeah, in they the preseason. Did. They really did, and you know, like <laughs> if you look at it, and you're just like, it's hard to believe that we saw that. And Rathbone was the guy who stormed his way onto the team, right? And then Luke Shen ended up playing first pairing minutes for most of the season, right? Like this is all just to say. Maybe don't put as much weight in the preseason. Back to your point. Let's let's get back to your point. I agree with you. Like OEL, OEL brings a lot more offensively than Luke Shen. That's that's no uh, no surprise. But I also did want to mention like don't you know he's no slouch when it comes to one defending uh, and two sticking up for his teammates. Right? He won't no. do it to the same degree as Luke Shen. But again, there's pros and cons to each. And I really like your idea of switching OEL over Hughes uh, to the right side, especially if he's playing with Hughes on that first pairing. Here's the other thing though, like the. And you got to see us at the World Juniors. I've seen this with Michigan over the past year because he's been uh, his brother Luke has been playing with Jacob Truscott. He's playing on the right side. Like Hughes is the right side guy, and it does open up a lot of opportunity. And like I don't think I don't know. Luke Hughes is such a good skater, and he's such mm-hmm. a good skater in the NCAA that he's able to do this. And Quinn Hughes is don't get me wrong, he's an excellent skater, but the competition's so much higher. But you watch Luke Hughes as a left shot guy playing the right side. And it's almost immediate as soon as they gain the offensive zone that he is down the right boards, like getting to be pretty much a fourth forward at all times. And that kind of leaves Truscott up at the top point. Like you can Mm -hmm. do that similar thing with, I don't think you can do it as much at the NHL level just because 
it would be tough when you're going against NHL competition, but it does open up a chance for me to really start to see like Quinn Hughes be more of a guy who's pinching offensively. And, and it doesn't really require him to have just the incredible shot because when you have four forwards kind of down deep and Quinn Hughes being one of them, like it's more about just making a quick play and finding the open net for a shot. So uh, you could get a lot that way. And I think as a player who could be like, think about Quinn Hughes on the right side, right? You think I think about defending, you talk about breakouts, but let's mention one thing that I don't think there'll be a problem at all, and it's Quinn Hughes in the offensive zone. If he's on the right side, think about the puck on his forehand, how much of the ice he can see, and how much I've heard from defensemen on that, that are left shot who play the right side. They just say, when you're on the right side of the ice and the puck's on your forehand, you really can make a play anywhere. Like, there's no limitation to where you can go with yeah. that, and you can see the ice so well. And I think that's a similar thing that you'll probably see. It's like, it's why defensemen normally line up on the opposite side on the power play. Or in Sweden and KHL, I see this all the time. Every face-off in the offensive zone, the right shot guy's on the left, the left shot guy's on the right, so you can get the one-timer, or they can just see the ice better for a shot. Yep. You don't see that as much in the NHL. Guys typically end up staying on their side, but you do see it on the power play. Uh, and that situation is like what you could see with Quinn Hughes, where every face-off is he's on the right side, and the puck is one to OEL or one to him. You like having Quinn Hughes with a second or two to make the decision on where the offense yeah. is going to go and what direction it's going to start with. So, yeah, like I think that area, I, I think his game might even improve if he's on the right side offensively anyways when they're in zone. I'm, I'm also going to just once again bring up the point that, look, when this guy's wheeling the puck up the ice, he's, he's not a huge guy. Like, let's not forget that when he leans on a, leans on a four checker, he's using, like, all of his might in that, in that scenario, right? Like... It's not like he can just stick out an arm and he's fine. He's good to go, right? Like, Quinn Hughes needs to be able to have that opportunity, right? So the more we talk about this, the more I think it's OEL that should be playing the right side. But but I, I, I do still like your points. And look, like, let, let's make no mistake about it. The biggest hole on this team is the right side defense. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, they're set at goaltender. They've got a great forward group. They've probably got the best three centers in the in the Pacific, I'd say, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe the league. You could you could challenge that now that sure. you've got Miller for this season. So they're, they're set there, right? And, and left side, again, you're counting Quinn Hughes there. Uh, you're counting OEL. And, and now you've got a promising prospect in Jack Rathbone uh, getting ready to make the jump. You've got Travis Dermott. I, again, I could go on. I'm not going to get into it all right now. But my point being, Chris, is that there's serious question marks on the right side, right? Like you've got... Tyler Myers, you've got Luke Shen, you've got Kyle Burrows, uh, you've got Tucker Pullman, who who skated recently, but who knows what's going to happen to him, right? Uh, and then obviously Brady Keeper and Noah Juleson are after that. But I guess my point is just that one of these things is not like the other, and it's the right side, right? And I know this is a very long-winded way of saying that, so I'll try and wrap it up here. But what I'm trying to say is that the biggest hole for this team is the right side, and I would say... Putting Hughes on the right side fills the hole a lot better than if OEL is in that spot, right? And and I respect the fact that OEL um, had a decent season last year. Bruce Boudreaux thinks he's going to be even better this year. I, I respect all that, but he's no Quinn Hughes, and he's never going to be. And, and that's fine, right? But if you're able to move Hughes to the right side, and this is still a guy who can kill penalties for you. This is still a guy who can quarterback your first power play unit. He's playing top minutes as a right side blue liner. That's that's one of the you, most you valuable can't ask players. For anything more from Quinn Hughes if he's doing that? Like yeah. you literally wouldn't be able to. You, no. What else would you ask him to do? You can't. He's exactly. performing at even strength. He's playing top pair minutes. He's he's killing penalties effectively. He's on the power play. We know he's effective there. Like 
This is legitimately one of the most valuable defensemen in the league. You can take contract into consideration if he's able to switch to the right side. He's already super valuable to the Canucks, don't get me wrong. But if he's able to switch to the right side, it makes him even more valuable, right? Um, and again, we, we know uh, right side defensemen are at a premium, so if Hughes is actually able to do this with... Um, with consistency to the point where this is his new position, like he's a right-side defenseman. Again, let's not get too ahead of ourselves because this is just Rutherford literally saying Hughes has told us he can try playing there. And we'll have to talk to Hughes himself when he eventually uh, gets into town uh, and ask him about it because, uh, look, look, we want to know what's going to happen uh, and how comfortable he is, what really goes into making that switch. Because you and I can talk about, oh, well, breakouts and he's gonna he wants to lean on defenders, but the person who knows best is Hughes, right? Yeah. So... I'm excited to talk to him about it. It's going to be really interesting to kind of follow along with. Yeah, one final thing I'll say about him in the offensive zone is like think of a left shot guy. Just think of it right now. Think of like what it looks like set up in the offensive zone at five on five. When you are a left shot guy playing the right point, it is such a much better way to get your shot off because if you're a left shot guy and you're playing the left side, you basically need to like skate backwards to get to the center of the ice. That's not a lot of momentum generated behind a shot if you were trying to fire something off quick. And it's not like Quinn Hughes has the bomb of a one-timer, but his wrist shot is probably his best shot. And if he's able to, you know, do what he does so well about shaking guys at the blue line, think about the difference of him shaking guy at the blue line on the left side compared to the right side. If he shakes a guy on the right side, he gets a straight shot into the slot with momentum. If he shakes a guy on the left side... He's either on his backhand going into the slot, which is a tough to kind of set up, or he's on his forehand and he's down the left side of the ice. I mean, if if he does, if this works out for him in the offensive zone and he is playing the right side, I think there's huge upside to what his offense can even become better if if things work out. And like I said, I kind of just had that thought process as we've been going through this of like these guys would have to be able to do. Like I'm thinking very positively about this if this yeah. could happen. This is very best case scenario for these guys if we end up seeing OEL and Hughes as a pairing. But let's before we move on to the next thing, like what does that do to the rest of the top four? Yeah, I well not even the top four. Like, dude, the biggest thing I'd say I'm not worried about the third pairing. I'm I am worried about the top four. Who's the guy who goes in there? Dermot is he the next guy up? I I'd see Rathbone pushes for that spot if you can. So so hear me out, okay? So. If you've got uh, OEL and Sh- uh, sorry OEL and Hughes on a pairing, and, and it doesn't even matter who's on the right side, sure. one of those guys switches to the right side. I'd say that's a pretty safe bet too that one of them will. Okay, so you've got one of those guys on the right side. So your first pair is some combination of Hughes OEL, and also don't please don't discount the fact that Shen and Hughes worked pretty well last year. Okay, so let's not discount that. We're not trying to discount that. I just want to make that clear for the listeners. Saying why are you even talking about this? Uh, that pairing was fine. Okay. Let's say you do that, okay? Now you have the option to do either Rathbone Myers or Dermot Myers, and then Luke Shen drops your third pair and plays with Rathbone or Dermot, right? Like, you've got a legit group, and again, not to sound mean or anything, but you've got a group that doesn't include Tucker Pullman, right? And and again, uh, I know the sample size is small, but Tucker Pullman kind of affirmed everything that we were told about him. Uh, when he played, like I think I've made it clear to this point that I haven't been impressed with Pullman. Um, again, wishing him all the best in his health and everything. But uh, again, I, I'd much rather have a defense group where he's not involved uh, and Luke Shen's in that spot. I, I trust Luke Shen a lot more than I do Tucker Pullman. Yeah, I do too. I think, and then even specifically what that third pairing looks like. And sorry, just just to like reiterate that because I don't want to sound like I'm being mean. We saw Tucker Pullman play with Quinn Hughes, and it didn't work. No. It didn't work. I just want to throw that out there. We saw him play with OEL. It was fine. We saw it through training camp, and then it switched, 
right? And it was it was all sorts of bad. And I understand that the whole team was bad at that point, but Quinn Hughes wasn't pl- the problem there, right? So again, like I'm saying, I'd I'd rather have Shen with a puck moving guy like Rathbone or Dermot than with Pullman. Yeah, and I also think like it's a really good spot for the Canucks. And don't get like maybe not because he's making two point five million dollars the next three years. Yeah. But bringing Pullman and like as your seventh defenseman is a good spot for like to be in for your defense. Like if that's the guy you have to call on when an injury happens, you don't feel horrible about that. And you got Kyle Burrows behind that. Yeah, and Burrows can we know we can play the both sides there. And I mean, uh, you know what was it? Danny DeKaiser just added today as well. He he could be. I played eighteen minutes a night last year. Do we I mean, want for it? Detroit? Yeah, lo- lots of injury problems. Uh, obviously, had surgery as Dude, well. How is Danny DeKaiser not like forty five? I swear he was in like NHL 03 when I was <laughs> playing that. Like how I, I when he was when the Canucks announced, they said he was thirty two. Yeah. I was like, no way. <laughs> like I, I double checked. I was like, I think the Canucks screwed up here. Nope. I guess like he's is, yeah. You just don't hear much about what's going on in Detroit there. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I don't really know how to springboard off that, but yeah, Danny DeKaiser to a PTO, uh, left shot blue liner. So again, uh, adds to the Canucks left side, uh, defensive depth. And again, it's just a PTO, which I want to reiterate as a tryout for all NHL clubs. It doesn't have to be an Alex Chase on situation where he comes in and makes a, makes it to the Canucks. So that's going to be interesting. And again, I, I just wanted to reiterate. Yeah. And people get so excited for PTOs. A lot of PTOs amount to nothing. Too, yeah. Right. Well, hey, remember Jack Skilly? Yeah, well, Jack Skilly. Yeah, I Jack Skilly was a machine. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, speaking of the NHL games, I remember him playing in the NHL games. As I used well. to put Jack Skilly on the first line with the Sidians. All right, you're done. Which I'm pretty sure Willie Desjardins actually did too at some point. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Calvin DeHaan, Canucks were linked to him. Uh, signs with Carolina. Signs a PTO to Carolina. Chris, what is happening to the market right now? Let's not get into that. But Calvin DeHaan. Uh, Blue liner who can play the left and the right side that the Canucks are interested in elects to sign in Carolina. Canucks were believed to be one of the final teams on his list that he wanted to go to. Uh, signs in Carolina. Canucks obviously add to Kaiser. I think it was Dolly Wall again. Of course it was. Talking to Rutherford, asked about PTOs, and Rutherford by name calls out Alex Chason and says, We like Chason, we like his leadership, uh, and you never know what's going to happen. I saw you tweeted about this, that the Canucks slogan should be, you never know. Dude, we've heard it from the president and the GM within the week. I'm saying, Well, you do never know. But it's like, I don't know. They know. You don't. I I think it is a better slogan for this year because you You never never know. know. Like, you could bring it up for so many things. Like, are the Canucks going to keep the the 107-point pace that they did with Bruce Boudreaux? You never know. know. Like, is Andre Kuzmenko going to actually be a top-six player? You never know. Like, you know, there's so much to ask. Like, what's the defense core going to look like? You never know. Like, I, I think it's a way better slogan to use. So, their current slogan, unfinished business. No, the, come can on. They, I, I don't like it. I think we've talked about it enough. Yeah. But can they change it from unfinished business now that the Kaiser signing is official? Now that the PTO has been signed, all the business Could is finished. Could you imagine, like, If they the were top, like, we did it. Uh, it's like... You know, it's like Horvat, Miller, Pedersen, Hughes, Demko. You never know. Above them at Rogers Arena. <laughs> like, what? You never know. It'd be incredible. Danny DeKaiser signed. The business is now finished. And yeah. now, you never know. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick break. Dude, but you know what? Canucks fans would probably, like, love that oh, yeah. the slogan. Like, if the Canucks organization came out and was like, 
You know, like that's what it was like on like the ticket promotion yeah, emails that you're getting. Because you never know. Yeah, exactly. Like it, that would be, and Canucks fans would get me. You know who would get behind that? My my buddies over at Canucks Reddit, all my friends over there, they would be all over that. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Okay. We'll take a quick break. Hey, I made a Reddit account. Yeah. About, yeah. It's good. Good quads, to get you on there. Quads at the rink. Quads at the rink. Someone, uh, people someone, are going to trash. You know Reddit doesn't like you. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. I, 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 I was willing to give Reddit another chance, and then someone responded asking how Canucks Army works and if we're paid or whatever. I was like, oh, yeah, like Faber and I are full-time. They were like, oh, you should get an engineering or medical degree. Uh, you're in a ruthless industry. I'm like, thanks, man. Yeah, I'll just go to school for the next <laughs> four to eight years and just be set. Four to eight. Well, medical degree. I've been watching Grace. All right, let me close out of the oh, Grace. Boy. Let me talk real, just real quick. Spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about somebody dying here on, on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I'm done with Grey's Anatomy. And these people that go to school, yeah, let's go become doctors, 12 years of school, whatever. Grey's Anatomy, spoiler alert, pause the show right now, skip ahead if you're... If, no, you know what, don't have to. This is not a spoiler. They killed off my boy, freaking McDreamy. They killed him off in, Dude, the, plane, in the plane crash. Did you not know that was coming? Well, I knew it was coming, but I didn't think it was coming here. They kill off Lexi, whatever. Do you know why that Should've happened? Should have killed off Christina Yang, but she is the worst. Do you know why that happened? Because Yeah, because uh, they didn't have money at the time. Budget cuts. No. Yeah. No, it's because the guy wanted to go race race cars. He wanted That's to not, step hey, away. I read an article, uh, Forbes or something, just the other day. What? And it no. said that it was budget cuts. You're wrong. He wanted to go race race cars? Yeah, he's a he's a pro race car driver. Not like F1, but he like wanted to do race car driving. That's cool. He's, he was my favorite. They killed him off. What's his name? Patrick Swayze? No, that's, Mc, that's McDreamy. Who'd you say? McSteamy's the other one. They got two two doctors, two attractive what? male doctors, McSteamy and McDreamy. Okay, I've never seen this show. It's uh, people. I, I feel like I'm not missing. All right, much. we can move on. But anyways, they killed him off. I wasn't happy about it, and I'm not watching anymore. I Wait, watched, Patrick like, Swayze's the guy from Dirty Dancing. Yeah. This is Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, Patrick Dempsey's <laughs> the the actor. But anyways, they should. I tell you, I've been saying it for years now. They got to kill off Christine. How many Yang, seasons I'm not watching until in that. are they? Are they like, done now? Like 27, 28, they're deep, or 23, they're deep into it. They're, they're not 20. 23 seasons. Yeah, then. it's still going on, and like the stuff that I was watching, I like I was watching season three to, to eight, and I just finished eight, watched one season, episode nine, now I'm done. I'm not doing the same more. Hockey season's here. I'm done with the Grey's Anatomy. No more of it. Why would you? I'm not even going to go into this. I, I, I don't. We're gonna, I did enjoy the show. The drama yeah. was great, but they killed off my favorite person. I'm going to isolate a lot of listeners if I give my take on Grace. No, that, that show's done. 19 seasons. It's not done. I just saw they had a COVID season the other day. Oh my gosh, you're right. They're still going. Yeah, they just they, they got a season of Grace. It's all about COVID. I, I'm not watching that, though. Oh, I'm done. boy. Yeah, season 19. I'm not watching any into. more TV anymore. I'm Who the, has... Uh, whatever. I'm not getting long, into this. I didn't watch TV for the longest time, even okay. through the pandemic. I okay. wasn't into TV. I watched Tiger King. That's it. I didn't watch any TV. No, rather just watch European hockey. Okay. But now, hey, I give I give TV a chance. What does it do? It rips my heart out by killing McSteamy. Hey, no non-hockey talk in the middle of episodes. Come on now. You know that. We Can know. I do a okay? Quick story about the no. Come on, Huglander. On okay, ice yeah, that was this act- was funny. Can, can you come come with it after break? No, it's a good story. This was funny. I'm doing it right here. Okay, because hopefully people didn't skip through spoilers. Okay, so <laughs> I'm at practice today. Uh, nobody else is there. Friday, everyone's off. You're off. You're not even showing up at the rink. None of this stuff. Nobody else is there. Uh, 
So I'm watching practice, and Demko is chirpy. He was in – you see this sometimes on the ice. Sometimes Demko is, like, very vocal, and he was chirping Huglander, like, telling him that every time he missed the net, like, screaming at him to hit the net, hit oh, I the remember net. That. He does that, so he was he was getting into Huglander's uh, business, and even, like, at one point they switch goalies, and Demko, like, skates over into, like, Huglander's ear and, like, talking to him, like, just <laughs> chirping him and chirping him. And then uh, Huglander comes down to the drill and just rips it bar down and just, like, stares as he, like, turns around <laughs> and skates all down, like, stares right through Demko's soul. And then, like, just as I tweet that, the next drill, Huglander comes in and, like, slips up a little bit on the defender and goes head first into, like, the crease and through the net and hits the side of his head on, like, the end of the goalie stick, like, the, the blade part of the goalie yeah. stick. And then, like, you know, he's laying there for a bit. It gets up, skates off the ice, comes back on. And then, like, I was like, geez, that would be so bad if I just tweeted this now. Like, replied to my own tweet about, like, the chirping. And I was like, Niels Huglander has left the ice after taking a stick from Demko in the head. <laughs> yeah, so you I was texted like, me. I was, I was like, what? I was like, I, I was like, that would have been so bad because people would have lost their mind. You made but, it sound like he two-handed him. <laughs> yeah, no, he yeah, he skated. He slipped and fell into his game. Then he came back out. And uh, you see all the goalie. You, you know, there's your goalie in there. Goalie's. What do goalies love more than anything? Hugs. Hugs. And he, uh, yeah, they're, they, they all made up. It was good. They had a good laugh about it. So, um, a lot of hugs from Demko. Goalies love their hugs. You yeah. got four shots. Well, I look over, I, I'm looking at it like a Demko. He's hugging Hugland. I look over at Seelovs. He looked pissed. <laughs> he was looking for a hug. No hug for Seelovs. And then Ian Clark came out. Nope. You know who was on the ice today with them? Marco Terenius. Yeah, because I always forget his name, but Marco Terenius. <laughs> is that his name? I yep. thought it was Toronto. I don't know. Oh, boy. Well, I'm not good with it. Well, you know what? You saw this. I what did what happened when he came out and spoke to the media? I took ten steps back. I didn't want to be in that conversation <laughs> at all. I'm not talking to the goalie coaches. I'm not doing any of that. But I did talk to Spencer Martin. He is the best. Yeah, Spencer Martin is the, is one of the best dudes to chat with. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Incredibly good dude. Got his running shorts on all the time. Yeah, guy lives does. in running shorts. You know where he's uh, Canucks uh, Canucks legend Troy Stetcher. Mm-hmm. That's where Martin's living. Sorry? He's uh he's renting a place off a of Stetcher, he said. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, oh, are you down, out in Richmond? He's like, no. I was like, oh, because I was expecting. Well, Stetcher didn't live. No, no, no. Well, he's from Richmond. He's probably yeah, got a place in Richmond. You think he's making that commute when he played for the Canucks? It's not that bad. It's like 30 minutes tops. You get bad traffic. You're there in 45. Dude, you got to go to the rink twice a day. You're not. You're not. No. No. Yeah. Well, when yeah. you make he NHL money, you're gonna to li- the rink, You but, live downtown. Well, yeah, but I'll tell you right now, I'm I'm not 30 minutes away from the rink myself. I'm about 30 seconds. But yeah, he's he's further than I am. But I don't think anyone's closer than I am actually. But uh, yeah, it's tr- look at Troy Stetcher, Canucks legend, still helping out all these guys. Spencer Martin. Yeah, he's Spencer Martin's he's landlord. Yeah, he's paying. <laughs> like you know, Troy Stetcher is making. Hey, what what's he getting paid now? He's I don't know. I thought it, I thought he got paid half decently. We're going off the rails a little too much here. With Spencer Martin living in the apartment there. Okay. We'll take a break. On the other side, we'll actually get into some real hockey talk and not just landlord talk. All keep right. it locked. Keep it loaded on Canucks Conversation. Before we go any further into the episode, we have to give a quick shout out to our friends at Montana's. Montana's is the barbecue expert in Canada. They smoke their ribs in-house every day, and then they sauce and fire grill them to order. Montana's legendary all-you-can-eat ribs promotion is on now, seven days a week until the end of summer. Come in for all-you-can-eat ribs and get Montana's messy to win weekly prizes. Chris, do you have a little Montana story for I us? I tell you, go get the apple uh, butter barbecue sauce, the best sauce they got there. And listen, the ribs are great. Do the all-you-can-eat ribs. 
But if you're not in the mood for ribs, four cheese spin dip. They got an incredible spinach dip in Montana, as you know it. And, and you can find the barbecue sauce at the store as well. Take home a bottle with you. There you Apple go. butter barbecue. Excellent stuff. So be sure to go visit Montana's where they have certified smoke and grill masters doing all of the barbecuing with seven locations throughout British Columbia. Shout out Nanaimo. Including Nanaimo, British Columbia, Langley, Tawasin, Prince George, Victoria, Fort St. John, and Kelowna. Be sure to go check out Montana's Barbecue and Bar today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Connects Conversation Podcast. Folks, if you want to advertise with us, shoot us a message at ChrisFaber39 on Twitter, at Quadrelli on Twitter, and of course at Convo on Twitter as well. I had your mic muted. Got some stuff coming up here too. Are we? Gonna, yeah, I guess we're getting ready to go live. So I better uh, better not cut stuff like that. That's gonna happen sometimes. No, I meant uh, we got some some new sponsors coming up here soon. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Working we're, on it. We're excited about and you that. and I. Can we? Say, I think we can say this uh, on Sunday. There, you and I are going to be out in public. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to be out in public. You and I, the uh, the amazing race or something like that. The Vancouver Run Club. Shout That's out what Vancouver it is? Run Club. Oh, okay. I've been telling everyone I'm on the amazing race on Sunday. <laughs> We're like standing at a station during a marathon and giving out Canucks Army stuff. Oh, it's a marathon? Something like that. I thought this was like uh, you go around and answer. It's like the amazing race style. I don't know. They you do challenges. More, what would you got more information than I do? I under, from what I understand is you and I are standing there and asking trivia questions, and when they get the trivia question right, they can go to the next station like they show up i thought this was like the amazing race this is what i've been I think you on. might be right I, we're not I, standing there for a marathon throwing t-shirts to runners that's stupid put on by the vancouver run club though yeah but you got to run a cl- across the city do it oh, and then answering like uh, a scavenger hunt yeah it's like the amazing race oh, okay that's what i understand anyway i gotcha i gotcha 
Well, that's fun. Can I we tell participate? You what, it's amazing race for me. I got to walk 35 minutes to get to the damn place. How hard should the Canucks trivia questions be? I don't think they'll be very hard. I think, uh, I don't know how many we have to have, though. I was thinking, like, who assisted Bo Horvat's first goal? I know who it was scored against. Scored against the Anaheim Ducks. And I know that because I won tickets. I've told this story before. I, I think won we should tickets. do the Pedersen one. Who had the prime, who had the assist on Pedersen's first goal? Uh, Louis Erickson. You can hear it in the intro of the show. It's the first voice you hear on this show. Oh, yeah. Well, Nikolai it is Nikolai Goldobin. Eri- oh, is it? I think so. No. I better Louis, check. I'm going to have to Louis Erickson check. backhands it from his own zone, sends Pedersen on a two-on-one mm-hmm. with Derek Pouliot. Right. I know that. Looks off Pouliot. Thank God. Thank God. Snipes bar down on Mike Smith. You can take that to the bank. That's how the play developed. Nikolai Goldobin had nothing to do with that other than being he's on the on ice. The, he's in the, in the call. Let's hear it right now. I'm, I'm playing the intro. Can you see it? Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! That is not the goal call from his first goal. That is not Pedersen's first goal. Dave Randorf had the call. So you're going to talk in Canada. In here, you're gonna tell you are me. wrong. You just descri- No, this is the Pedersen bank pass to Besser. That happened against Colorado. Oh, the that's game right, that the Canucks won. I have a good memory of these. Okay, things. well, you don't Pedersen's have a good memory because the first Pedersen's first goal against, against Calgary, Calgary Flames. Yeah, assisted, assisted by, by Louis Erickson. And Nikolai Goldobin. Had the secondary and then assist? You, and then, okay, here's Elias Pedersen's no, first. No, 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 no. Had the secondary assist? Goldobin? Goldobin. Secondary? Yeah. You asked who, me who had the primary assist. No, I didn't say, no, I didn't say <laughs> yeah, that. Did. Check, the, check the tape. Who <laughs> did Pedersen's first ever NHL assist come on? Which goal? Uh, he assisted a Goldobin goal. Exactly. And it was beautiful. Right after that, or later on in the game. Third period. Yeah. Goldobin. Who, what team did Pedersen's 10th goal in 10 games come against? Uh, Bonus points if you can name the goalie. Was it the Flames again? It was the Detroit Red Wings, if memory serves correct. It was the slap shot that got him comparisons to the great Wayne Gretzky. Came against, I believe Jimmy Howard was still the goalie for it. the Red Wings at that time. Give me Howard, more. Give me Jimmy more Howard trivia. Jimmy Howard had a heck of a game that day. I don't know why I'm remembering all Jimmy this. Howard that day gets the win <laughs> Yeah, in the shootout, I believe. Yeah. Or just in overtime. No, in a shootout. It's a win in a shootout, stopping 40 of 42 shots. Jimmy Howard. Wow, good for him. I Give me more trivia about Pearson's rookie year because I'm loving this. I don't know why well, I'm remembering You know who this. opened the scoring in that... Or no, you know who opened the penalties in that game? Danny DeKaiser. Oh, wow. There you go. <laughs> See, I didn't know that. So I wouldn't be able to up. tell you that. Go ahead. Give me any trivia. I don't know why I'm remembering all this. All right. Who, uh, well, I'll tell you what. You know, this is starting to become a trend here that I'm looking at Pedersen's early goals. <laughs> Another one assisted by his 10th goal is also assisted by Louis Erickson and Nikolai Goldobin. Bring back Goldie. Free Goldie. <laughs> so that's it? Sure. That's it for there. Okay. So, oh, yeah, God, we're just be... looking at this Ross. Anyways, okay. Yeah, it was not good. We're in the race. We got to get these trivia questions out here. Yeah, it's going to be just fun. Just send us, uh, you know, rep- uh, send I mean, us we won't be question. giving them trivia questions that no, they, hard. They, it's got to be like, who wears number six for the Canucks? Did Emerson Edom assist Bo Horvat's first goal against Anaheim? I don't know, but we can't get that deep into the No, no, no. I mean, for us. Go, go ahead and look that up while I talk. Because I, I got some thoughts on this. Oh, God. Here we go. I, I got to tell you, like, I don't know why I'm remembering all this. I know I covered the sport and the team for my career, but like this all happened before I did that uh, 
did it professionally. Yeah, you're like 13 at the time. Yeah, I was like 12 like, years I'm not old. even making a joke. You were, you were 14. No, I was legitimately in English honors nine when I won the tickets. Like grade nine English honors. Well, yeah, you were at this game. Yeah, I, I've Four told this story goal. before. I won tickets to that game because I, I beat the whole class in this word scramble thing. So Horvat's first goal was not assisted by Emerson Needham. Who was it assisted by? Was it Ronald Kennans? Nope. Who was it? Right shot. Two forwards, both right shot. Go ahead and give it to me. One of them had uh, signed a pretty interesting contract. He was also pretty good for one year. Okay. Right shot guy. He dropped the gloves with anyone. Had some uh, a pretty tough injury end his career. Oh, Derek Dorsett. Yeah. Yes. Love the other Dorsett. one uh, gets to hop into McDavid's backpack here and there right now. Right, right shot. now. Yeah. Right shot, bigger forward. Go ahead. You don't? No. I, I don't know it off the top of my Pretty head. high pick. Was really good at World Juniors. Traded to the Canucks. I'll give, if I give you the initials, you'll get it. Go ahead. Z-K. Oh, yes. Okay. Cassian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. This is probably horrible radio or horrible podcast, I, I guess we should say, uh, for the listeners. So let's uh, let's move right past the trivia. How about? Who was the goalie in that game? Uh, which game? At uh, Horvat. You Jonas, were at it. Jonas Hiller. Nope. No, you're right. Hiller was there in 2015 in Calgary. Uh, okay. Was it John Gibson? John Gibson. For the Canucks, who was the goalie? Oh, that's who you were asking me. Ryan Miller? Nope. Jacob Markstrom? Nope. Richard Bachman? Nope. Get out. Eddie Lack. Eddie Lack? Yep. You ever heard of him? Oh, my gosh. I don't <laughs> know why I, I... Wow, I'm legitimately All right, forgetting okay. the years here. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, folks. Just uh, bear with us on that one. But, that one should uh, probably all be cut. <laughs> maybe we could do a... When the live show goes, we'll have a Canucks trivia segment. Because we got to go maybe. five days a week. Yeah. Maybe people will like that if we do a little trivia segment. I don't think... When people we, might also hate it, too. We're not far away from that, by the way, folks. Oh. It's like, we got to do trials next week, we're trying. Yeah, we're thinking September 26th is Yeah, our that's first the day. Episode. It's going to be coming out of training camp. It's on. We got pre- we'll have preseason games to talk about it that week. That's right. Is it, 26 is the yep. first preseason, right? Uh, I think, yeah, yeah. It's and it's there. a double game. 25th, I believe, is the first preseason game. But there's, is it the 25th or the 26th? They got a double, uh, little double-double coffee 25th, mix. 25th, I think, is the first. And that's the Calgary thing. Yeah. Where they exactly. play half, half and half. That's right. Okay. That's right. It's going to, it's going to be a whirlwind. Can you, uh, can you get, uh, Wyatt to do a double? We should talk about that. <laughs> double, uh, Stanchies? Wyatt Art. Wyatt Arndt has joined us, folks. You've probably seen the announcement on Twitter. We thought we'd make it today as well. Wyatt Arndt is going to be joining uh, Canucks Army. He's leaving the Athletic, coming to us. Uh, we're not going to get too into it. Might, maybe we'll talk about it on the Patreon a little bit more. He'll be, you know what? When we go to five shows a week, we're going to be. You'll be hearing from Wyatt. I'm assuming like once a week type of thing. Oh yeah, for you know? sure. I like pretty close to that. Anyways, he'll be on a lot when we when we get it to get some regular guests, and I think Wyatt would. I'd like to have Wyatt as a recurring one anyways. Yeah, exactly. And again, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to have Wyatt uh, Wyatt on the show. Uh, Wyatt obviously doing the post games for us. The Stanchies is what we landed on. There were some bad names before that, folks. Some bad, bad names. Yeah, let's not get to them. We're not going to get into them. But the Stanchies is the new Canucks Army post Was there not report. a... T- well, I think Wyatt was threatening to quit before starting couple times. from couple a times. couple of those <laughs> ones that, were, that I sent in and I thought were pretty good. No. Why was picky about his name there? Uh, I'll just share. One of the names you had was the Posties, and you thought that was a good name, which was sweet. But I, I said it to Patrick Johnson when we were at the rink. I, you, you no-showed because you didn't want to talk to Bud Coles in that oh, day. Oh, no one told me. I was supposed, <laughs> I'm still mad about that day. But uh, you, you said the Posties, and I said it to Patrick Johnson. He says, 
Faber has a lot of good ideas, though. And I was like, yeah, he does. And then we just started talking about your good ideas. That was not one of them. Well, that's whatever. At least you tried, though. Gotta get a hey, what am I supposed Yeah, better than half the people in the damn Canucks right. chat. What are they that's doing? Right. Nothing. Snoozing. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, we'll continue here. And you made it pretty limiting. It had to end with IES. Well, yeah, that make you can't just. What are you going to do? You can't, can't change that. I'd call it uh, super, super post gamers. You Something would. Something like that. Wow. Yeah. I'm rethinking making you a full-time employee at Canucks Army. Well, I don't know if that was was fully your choice either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's continue here. Uh, Wyatt Arm joining us at Canucks Army. Uh, just so, let me just go off for it. I'm so excited to have Wyatt's uh, yeah. post game. Listen, I love Wyatt's post games. I've loved them for years. I am pumped to be like a part of the team that's going to be creating them now. You know, you're going to be whatever. You'll be at the rank a handful of times, but I'll be there every night since I live beside it, uh, getting the quotes for Wyatt. Uh, I think it's it's going to return to a lot of what like we came to love from just like the Provies and the Armies and carry that on of like, Maybe, you know, you're going to be up until 1 a.m. doing your editing or whatever it may be, but you're going to get the article that night and stuff, and it's going to go back to, you know, Wyatt having as much fun as possible. You and I working as a team for all three of us to to put out a really good piece, and, you know, obviously Wyatt's going to be the big driving force behind the post games, but I'm so excited to see, like, we can what us three can do as a team of, like, really being creative, really giving, like, what the fans want for our, from post games, right? I mean, that's what, that's what, like, drew me into Canucks content, right, was, like, how good – Botch's post games were and like that was like my favorite piece of Canucks content. I know a big reason why it wants to keep doing this is to keep uh, that type of thing for Canucks fans, right? And I know that uh, we'll, we'll get him to talk about it when he joins the show next year soon a little bit more. But man, I I am just so jacked up to be part of the team. I'm I'm happy that Wyatt made the decision uh, to keep writing and to to come to Canucks Army with it. Yeah, we're excited to have it be like a very collaborative process again. Um, not to get into it too much, but why it's going to have uh, have a lot of freedom to do what he wants uh, with the Stanchies at Canucks Army, and we're we're quite excited. Yeah, why he kept saying freedom this, freedom that for the last few months here. Now he's getting his freedom here at uh, Canucks Army. <laughs> yeah, we're we're very excited. He, I think he was driving down the road with a freedom flag hanging off of his <laughs> car. Actually, the other day I saw, and I was like, wow, he really wanted. Okay. Some freedom at Canucks Army, so we're going to give it to him. Yep. No word count limits, no GIF limits. Uh, it's going to be Wyatt's thing. It's going to be uh, – we're, we're going to be working quite hard, folks. And, again, yep. like, uh, not to get into it too much because, again, the product they had at The Athletic, fantastic. Like, Wyatt made it great. And yep. shout out uh, Harm and Tom as well. Harmon's a contributor on the podcast. There's no no hard feelings here. Like, you know, no hard feelings toward The Athletic well, yeah, at it's, all. It's funny because, like, yeah, Harmon's going to be probably a regular Yeah, exactly. we got to work out some deals because you guys know Harmon and his money here. He's oh, like, yeah, here I comes mean, the money. Yeah, you think he was bad, like, twice a month. <laughs> now he's now we're thinking about getting him every week. Uh, that's going to be it. That's going to run our pockets slow. So go to the Patreon. <laughs> and, uh, do, throw some money there. That's a Harmon fund. But anyway, what I was saying is, yeah, like, we're really going to try. Because, again, I, I think I've spoken about this before. But you and I were both heavily inspired by Jason Botchford. But, you know, around that time, and it was when the Canucks were really bad, okay? Like 2015-16 was when I really started getting into, um, you know, being way more than a casual fan of the team. Uh, And it started just by reading the Provies, right? And I could be honest with you, as somebody who works in the media, I never read the province. I never read, like, I didn't know who anybody except Jason Botchford was in the media. I never listened to sports radio. Um, Like, I listened to Donnie and the Moj when I was a kid, and that was it. And that was just because my dad was a very heavy listener of theirs. And uh, I I listened to that a lot through the early 2010s or whatever, but I never listened to, um, 
you know, anybody else. I never read anybody else. It was just Jason Botchford, basically, right? And toward the end, uh, I, I listened to the Power Hour, right, with him and uh, Halford and Bruff on what was formerly known as uh, TSN 1040. So, again, like, Botch got me into writing. Like, that was the first thing that I thought, huh, writing about the Canucks can actually be really cool and really fun. Because I, I used to think, like, you know, media, never, it was never something I wanted to do. Right. And, and then I kind of saw what Botch was doing and I was like, I could, I could have fun with this. Like I could see myself doing this as a career. And, um, you know, he heavily inspired me. And again, it was the Provies that got me into, um, you know, reading about the Canucks. I remember my, I've told this before, my first time making the armies, the armies, the Provies at the time, uh, made me super happy. It was, uh, I had an old Ryan Hessler jersey and I, put a big piece of paper and wrote Dowd over it and wore it to the rink and uh botch captioned it best jersey WTF. And I think I made the the Provies once doing the exact same thing but with <laughs> Verbata. Yeah, that's too. awesome. Exactly, yeah. right? Like it, yeah, and we we want to bring that back. Like we wanna and again, not to say that it wasn't there at the athletic. I'm not I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say like um you know we we really want to put out the best product possible. Um again like I'm saying trying to reiterate, not that it wasn't a good product at The Athletic or anything like that, um, but it's going to be super collaborative, like it was The Athletic, yep. right? Um, I think specifically even like that first year, and I think Wyatt's talked about this and tweeted about this. And, like, and sorry. When, when we're back in the room, exactly. which we are planning, which is the thing that we're hearing the most right now is we are going to be able to go back in the rooms, ask a certain player about, you know, if there's something that Wyatt wants to go in on in the in his stanchies about that we can actually go out to the players not just going to be the three guys coming out to speak to us through zoom or through you know at the podium so that's going to make things massively different and really improve i think and like botch had his guys right like like j pat in the final 1040 pat cast that he ever did uh he spoke about botch having his wings freed when he moved to the athletic right and one big thing was botch wasn't in every circle right like he would talk to Pedersen, Horvat, uh, and, and he had his guys, right? And Besser, right? And I, I know I'm forgetting some people, but he Stetcher. talked to, yeah, Stetcher. He talked to like five players all season long, right? And again, um, this is just kind of op- pulling back the curtain a bit of what we were all kind of going through is, is I saw people complaining. They were like, oh, well, at the Athletic with the Armies or whatever in recent years, uh, it was totally different or whatever. There wasn't that exclusive stuff. Like, why aren't players swearing, for example? That was one thing I saw someone pull up. Players aren't swearing at press conferences. Players aren't swearing over Zoom typically, right? Yeah, because like the even the worst was over Zoom because like the yeah. the guy is looking into a camera and the PR guy is behind the camera yeah. looking at him. If yeah. he ever goes off track, they can say no, not that. Like this is going to be a lot different. And not saying that we're like trying to get things out, but yeah, it's hard to be honest. Like yeah, it, it would be like if I was t- you know if my boss is looking over my shoulder and I'm trying to say it's like it would be a lot different, right? Like it's. I'm excited to be back in the room and start to actually even like Botch did so well, like build relationships with players to make them, you know, be more open and showcase more of that side of the game. Cause yeah, we've been missing that for the last two years. We're very excited for the future. This, you know, this is all just to say we're super excited for the future. The Stanchies is going to be, uh, going to be something that we're always working to make better. Uh, and, and you know, why it obviously has our commitment. And of course our readers and our listeners have our commitment that we're going to try to put out the absolute best product possible. Yeah. New writer order. New writer order, baby. Hulk Hogan's gang. So we're going to have to get, uh, like, we have the, the intro for harm there. Yeah. We got to work on something for Wyatt. I think we should, because I don't think Wyatt listens to this show. Maybe okay. he'll listen to this part because <laughs> someone will send him it, but I don't think he listens. I listen to his show. It doesn't return the favor. I don't think he listens to us. But, yeah, we'll get. I'll make a little uh, intro for Wyatt here. I, uh, I also wanted to say, 
We got to get a new intro for the show when we go five days a week. We can't use copyrighted music. Even though we have permission from uh, Wise Youngblood, we can't do it on YouTube, I found out. So, what? no. Yeah, we can't. Can. No, it's we just need... cop- I don't even think they're copyrighted music, though. No, we need a new intro. Not like we, can't a... have, we can't go on YouTube and have a minute 30 intro. Yeah, you can. It gets you started for the show. Like, it's our show's going to hit at 1 o'clock, man. The intro's going to so be the preamble. So the intro preamble is 12.58 or whatever? Yeah, 12.58, 43. Yeah. That's fine. Something I was gonna like say that. though, Wyatt's got uh, Wyatt's got some good uh, good music. Yeah, but Copyright those guys over at music. TTP, they're paying too much for that. No, 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 free not stuff. TTP. I'm talking about the intro video he did for Canucks Army. Oh, okay, that was a good tune. I like that. Copyright free. Might have to explore it. Yeah, okay, you're, it, one once again that video showcased how poor of an actor you are and why your acting career failed. Oh, whatever. Because, and listen, hey, I'm not uh, one to say that I'm a good actor or anything either. We saw the the Harmon announcement video. But yours, once again, I don't know how many takes that took you, but it should have been another 10 because that wasn't... Uh, well, I've seen people ripping you online about the your little Ooh. appearance. People online, probably Reddit. Ooh, ripped me? It's the Reddit people. Nobody ripped me. <laughs> I got nothing but positive reviews about that actually yeah no one it probably was on youtube everyone keeps saying quads be looking thick yeah that's fine <laughs> all the youtube videos get getting posted people There's keep always commenting one on that. comment that says quads be thick or quads be looking <laughs> thick it's like all these burner accounts well i'm back at the gym yeah. so yeah it's it's season time man i took the off season off from going to the gym if i'm being honest with you i went the other day i went to the gym before i did halford and Bruff at seven and a boy yeah that's good. I was buzzing. That's the way to I do it. Pre-workout, I could feel my face tingling. Yeah, that's the way to do it, man. That's the way to do it. First thing in the morning, then it's done. Then it's out of the way. Do we have anything else to say? Like we talked about the PTOs, right? Yeah. Nothing else. I do got you think- prospects. Yeah, I want to before we get to prospects. I got and I'm 30, not trying to rush. Thirty him. seconds of prospects. I'm not trying to rush him. Greg. Yeah, you are. Give him crack, Greg. I'm not trying to give rush. Him hell. <laughs> give him crack. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I'm not trying to rush him, Greg. But I am going to say before we get to the prospect report. Alex Chason, does he sign a PTO with the Canucks? No, he doesn't fit anywhere in the in this roster, man. Anybody else giving Chason a PTO? They're doing him a favor. They're doing him a favor. Let him try. I don't know. I say he signs one with the Canucks. I, if I'm a betting man, I'm saying he signs one with the Canucks. I don't know. Look at the, go look at the league uh, bottom five power plays and look at the worst team out of that five, and I bet they'll they'll give him a shot. That's fair. Either that or he doesn't get a shot. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play in the Washington NHL this Capitals, year. maybe. Abbotsford Canucks, maybe. Oh, get out of here. What? Would he not go to Abbotsford? Yeah, I guess he would. It's a good place to live. Okay, go ahead. Give us your prospects. There's corn support. out there now. Well, you see that every time I open up the damn social media apps now, it's all it is is this corn song. You hear this? Did you uh, see the video of me singing that? Oh, God, no. Um, Begged Milk, our friend at Oilers Nation. Yep. Uh, we did a promo voiceover thing for Nation Network that's going to go on some other Nation Network podcasts. Uh, just us being like, hey, listen to conversation. And I sent it to Tyler Yaremchuk and basically begged Milk, who's in the office in Edmonton, heard that I had sent it to Tyler. And Tyler texted me and said, uh, Beg Milk wants you to send this again. And I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't know. He just wanted me to say that to you. And anybody who knows Beg Milk at all knows he's a jokester. So I was like, okay, I, I know he's just screwing around with me. So I sent him a voice memo. Out of the blue, we weren't talking before that. I sent him a voice memo of me singing the Corn Kid song, and he screen recorded it. It's a button on his podcast, Better Late Than Never Now. Oh. And Zach Lang, shout out Zach Lang, posted it on Twitter as well. Dang, that's tough. It hasn't it hasn't picked up traction, though, which I'm fine with. I uh, I still got the video. You know I got dirt on you. I got a whole folder of dirt stuff. It's, it's quads folder. I need to post the uh, <laughs> the nipples one, the video one day which one? of you at the rink. <laughs> your, oh, uh-huh. your shirt. <laughs> that's a good one. All right. 
Or lately, I've been getting... My favorite one now is when I edit the videos and you always go real close to the camera. <laughs> and you, like, quickly do your hair before we do our YouTube videos. Like, I have, like, a, I have like five or six of, like, you real close. Like, you can get the up your nostril look. <laughs> gotta make sure there's no boogies in there, man. Yeah, it's, just, it's a good call. I've probably caught... I just gotta start doing that check learn before that, I go. Learn that from uh, Rick Dollywall. Rick Dollywall. Donnie and Dolly taught me that. Mm. Check for the boogies. Oh, what I do always before I go on, I smile. It's I should... Maybe I'll post one of the videos, but... I learned this at BCIT. It's like if you want to have like good uh, projection with your voice. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, like smile at the very start because it makes you like sound better. Not like that. What the hell was that? Um, but like if you're smiling, you have a better like projection of your voice. So all the videos that I start with at like YouTube, I'm smiling for like 10 seconds before it starts because like I never know when I'm going to like I don't I don't write a script or anything. I just go and start talking. And, like, that's why I screw up so much on the thing. And the other day, so it was nice. So I screwed up, like, four or five times in, like, a three-minute video of just, like, little slips of the of the voice, just, like, words that I just fumbled over or whatever. And then, like, someone was like, oh, love the commentary. Like, keep the videos coming. I was like, geez, this video sucked, but it was nice to, nice to get a little positive stuff. Instead of some of those comments on the YouTube, they come at me hard on there. I don't know why. Yeah. It's cause, well, you know what? It's because you have to do all the talking. Well, people, I just... are, here it is. people are saying you're looking thick. I'm like 300 pounds. I don't ever, the only I get called thick on there all the time, but it's for different reasons. Yeah, I don't even know where to go from there. All right, let's wrap. Give this us up. your prospects report. All right, prospects report is that the Canucks are going to Young Stars next week, uh, and I'm talking to Ryan Johnson on Monday, so I'll have more on uh, on Tuesday's show. And I guess we got to figure out what's going on Friday because I'm in Penticton. Yeah, gonna be a lot of fun. Well, for the show, I'm saying. Yeah, well, it'll be okay. All right. I can get harm in here. I can no, I'll, I'll here. hop on here still. I got to work. I'll be there Friday. I'll do work, but uh, it might be a Zoom episode. We haven't done that in a long time. Oof, so. I don't like those. Well, not like a Zoom episode. You know, like the old ones we used to do. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we yeah. did for the emergency episode, actually. Yeah, actually, we did. Oh, thank goodness. I was pissed. I was freaking, I'm not going through rush hour to Burnaby. No, exactly. What are you oh. thinking? No way. Soon that's going to be you having to come over for emergency episodes. You got to get on the train. Oh, yep. The good old Sky Train. Yep. All right. We'll close it out there. For my co-host, Chris Faber, my name is David Grigelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 